Hello, thanks for listening to the Madison Assembly of God podcast. If you're in the Madison area, we'd love to have you join us next weekend for our Sunday service. For more information, go to madisonassembly.com. Now, here's our lead pastor, Jason Daly. Well, hey, everybody, we're going to finish out our series called Facing Your Giants. And how many of you know we have learned a lot from the story of 1 Samuel when David fought Goliath? Now, we told you that... Um, in this whole story, we told you that we're all going to face giants in our lives. How many's glad that we don't face physical giants, but there are spiritual giants that we all will face in our life? Now, I hope you don't get tired of this story because we're going to jump back into it. Inside your worship guide, there are sermon notes. You can pull them out. The scriptures will be there on the sermon notes. They'll be on the screen. Also, um, you can open your Bibles, but we'll have them right here for you. But we're going to go one more time. Back to this story, and I want to show you one more thing before we transition out of this series. How many so far you've enjoyed the series? Good. We have learned many things, but let me just start from the beginning, just real quick, go through this. The first thing that we learned, that with every giant, there is a name. And we learned that Goliath, that was the name of a giant that the children of Israel were facing as they were facing the Philistine army. This giant walks out, he tells them who he is. And for 40 days, he shuts down the armies of Israel, the armies of God, those that were chosen by God. Are y'all with me? We told you that the name Goliath means to uncover, it means to reveal. And we learned that Goliath uncovered and revealed that the armies of God were not trusting in the God of, of, their, of their nation. They were not being obedient to his voice. Because how many know, as you read through Scripture, God was working on the children of Israel's behalf all through their timeline. God was always there. Even when they were in, uh, uh, there in, the, in Egypt, there as slaves, God was working for them. Well, here we find out for 40 days, they're stuck in the middle of this valley. And this Goliath, this giant named Goliath is challenging them. And no one is stepping to the plate. But how many know, meanwhile... God is always working behind the scenes. How many are thankful for that? You might be here this morning and you have a spiritual giant that's saying things to you, talking to you, saying you're not good enough, saying the Lord is not able. I want to tell you that God is always working behind the scenes. Well, we learned that some of these, some of these spiritual giants that we face, we learn from this story. The first one that we learned is we all will face fear in our lives. How many know fear stops us from moving into the promises that God has for us? For 40 days, these men feared this giant. For 40 days, they listened to this voice roar from the valley, send out a man to fight me, and nobody moved. We also learn another spiritual giant that we will face. Not only will we face fear, but how many know we will always face rejection in our life? Here comes David, the answer, God's answer to this situation. And what happened to him? His brothers, his own family said, David, you're not good enough. Not only that, he goes before the king. And the king says, you're too young. You don't have the tools. This giant out here has been a soldier from his youth. You can't defeat him. How many know rejection is not an easy thing, is it, in our life? And we told you that there's many in this room, words that have been spoken over you years ago. You still allow it to control you today. But how many is glad the spirit of rejection, the giant of rejection, is defeated in the name of Jesus? 
Last Sunday, we talked about this giant of complacency. I don't know what happened to the children of Israel, but who knows? They might have got out their, their sweet tea and their lawn chairs, and they just sat there. And they were thinking in their side, as long as the voice comes out, this giant comes out and just speaks his stuff, we don't have to worry about it because nothing's happening, right? Well, how many know when David came on the scene, he says, we're not waiting any longer. I'm going to meet the giant right now. And we told all of you in this room, there are some things in your life you can't allow to go on another day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the time to face the giant because it's already defeated everybody. That's the whole good news about all this. All these spiritual giants that we will face, they're already defeated. Praise the Lord, Pastor Jason. I said they're already defeated. Rejection is defeated. Fear is defeated. Complacency is defeated. Well, today we're going to look at one more spiritual giant that we all face in our lives even now. Are you ready to go on this journey? Well, in 1 Samuel 17, we're going to start with verse 32. And I, and I want you to, to really look at this because I want you to just listen to the verbiage as we go through this. Now, let me just say to all the CAM students in the room and my small group, forgive me, I'm going to rehash some of the things that we have talked about because this has been in me all week, everybody. Is that okay? But the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, it says, now here's David speaking. Listen to his words. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I will go and fight him. Now notice the words from the king. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and what? And possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. But notice what David does. But David gave up. He went home and said, forget about it. David said, I'm going to go back to the sheep. I'm going to count the sheep and, not, and write more songs and not worry about it. No, the Bible says that David persisted. And then he begins to share a testimony. He says, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, notice what David does. He says, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. Come on, you hunters in the room. Come on. How would you like to go do that? Let's see how big and bad you are standing up in your, what do you call that thing up in the tree, right? What is it? Yeah, your, your deer stand. No, David says, I go after it. I grab it by the jaw and I club it to death. That's a bad man right there, everybody. <laughs> That's a bad man. Anyways, then he goes on and says this. I have done this to both lions and to bears. Oh, my. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. And then he says this. Listen to his words, everybody. The faith coming out of him. And I will do it to this pagan Philistine, too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And listen to this, everybody. Verse 37. The Lord who rescued me from the clays of the lion and the bear... Read it with me, will rescue me from this Philistine. So, fi so finally, Paul consented. All right, go ahead, he said. And may the Lord be with you. And we read on here where Saul tries to give David all of his armor. He says, here, take my sword, take my shield, take my helmet, take all this stuff. But notice what David says. He says, I am not used to them. 
So David took them off again, and he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in the shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to where? To fight the Philistines. Let me tell everyone in this room, God has already provided you what you need to beat the spiritual giants in your life. I said, God has provided you what you need to beat the spiritual giants in your life. So I'm here this morning to tell you, stop trying to be like someone else. Stop trying to pray like that person across the row from you. Stop trying to do the things that someone else is doing because God has blessed you, you, Everyone in this room with everything that you need to win the battle called life. David said, I don't have time for that. I'm going to take what I know. I'm going to take my sling. I'm going to take my staff. And I'm going to go grab the giant by his jaw and I'm going to club him to death. Wow. The Bible goes on and as he walked, the Bible says as he walked toward David, the giant now sees David. Here his shield bearer is ahead of him. Notice what the giant is doing. He's sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. And notice what Goliath says. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the name of his, of his gods. He cursed him, everybody. Come over here and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. But notice what David replied, everybody. You come to me with a sword, spear, and a javelin, but I come to you, what guys, what? In the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And today, we talked about this last Sunday, we can't get complacent as a church because today is the day of salvation. And I want to say one more thing. There are 19,000 people in Madison, Indiana, and until 19,000 people are in a church somewhere, we can't stop doing what we're doing. He says, today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. Some of you, it's time to cut off the heads of your spiritual giants. It's time for you to tell your giants to be quiet and shut up in the name of the Lord. Is that okay to say in the church? It's time that you look at yourself in the mirror and say, enough is enough. I am a son and daughter of God, and my past is forgiven. The words that have been spoken over me in the past, I am set free of them because God's word says, I am more than a conqueror. I am a king's kid. I am blessed. He will protect me. He will never leave me. He will never forsaken me. He will never leave me out by myself. My Bible says that I win in the end. Your Bible says that you win in the end. Amen, everybody. So it came on this. It says, I come to you in the name of the Lord, the God of the armies of Israel. And he says, today... The Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies. Now, David, don't stop there. He said, not only am I going to take care of you, giant called Goliath, I'm going to take care of everyone else around you. He says, not only am I going to cut off your head, but I'm going to give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God. 
And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword and a spear. This is the Lord's battle. He will give it to us as Goliath moved closer to attack. What did David do? He quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out the stone, he hurled it with his sling and it hit the Philistine in the forehead. And the stone sank in and Goliath, the one whose name means to reveal and to uncover, fell face down to the ground. The end. You know, I'm thinking about this. How many ever been so excited about something and you went to that something and you were disappointed in the end? Now, hang with me here. Forty days, the children of Israel listen to this big giant roar and scream and say all these things to them. This little boy named David walks out there, and in a matter of minutes, it's over. How boring is that? Come on now. That's the problem with us human beings, isn't it? We think these big, extravagant things have to happen. And many times, as God is saying, listen. You're thinking of this, I'm thinking of this over here. You see, because God has better things. God was not wanting them to stay in a valley and fight a giant for 40 days. God was ready for the children of Israel to defeat this giant and move into new promises that God had for them. And what God is saying to all of you today, stop laying in the things that's happened from God to you in the past. Because God has new things that he wants to do in your life. He wants to bless you greater than what you were blessed before. He has new things he wants to pour upon us. And some of these things in our life, we're wanting this big extravagant thing to happen, and all we've got to do is command it in the name of Jesus, and it's done. <laughs> oh, I just wish I could just communicate this better. But I'm trying to say, I want you to know this morning, everybody, that God has great things for us. God is not wanting us to stay in a valley fighting a giant. He's wanting us to move to new heights with him. Well, let's talk about this. This last giant, this spiritual giant that I want to talk about is the giant called words. Words. The first thing I want you to understand is that our words either speak life or they speak death. Our words speak life or they speak death. If we're going to overcome the giant of fear, if we're going to overcome the giant of rejection, if we're going to overcome the giant of complacency, then we have to get the giant of our words under control. Because the things we say with our mouth either bless or curse those around us, and not only those around us, but they curse us as well. If you're in this room and you constantly call yourself a loser, a good for nothing, I can't do it, guess what's going to come out of you? But if you sat here this morning, on this November Sunday morning, and say, I am a child of God, and there is nothing impossible to me, I can do everything that God has placed in me, He has given me the skills, He has provided the resources, I can do all things through Christ, I am a child of God, there's nothing too hard for me, I, wanna, I want you to understand, life will come out of you. I know, stop screaming, Pastor Jason, I know, I'm trying. I'm so excited about God. But I want you to know this morning, your words will either speak life or they will speak death. Notice, we go back to 1 Samuel, notice some of the words. Here's David speaking. He says, don't worry about this Philistine. Then you see King Saul say, don't, don't, you be, don't be ridiculous. You can't do this. Do you see the life and death that's coming out from these two men? 
No wonder the children of Israel could not go out and send a champion because their own leader, the king, King Saul, could not believe in this powerful God that he was serving. His words were death. We can't do this. There's no way that God's going to provide for us. Do you see what happens? Everything was brought to a stop. And I'm here to tell you this morning, your words will bring life or death to the people around you. Then we see David before the giant, and the giant is saying, am I a dog? He's calling himself a dog, everybody, that this young man will come to me. But notice what comes out of David's life. He didn't call giant names. He didn't go put a big picket, says, don't eat at Burger King. He didn't do any of those things. He just simply went up to the giant and said, I come to you in the name of the Lord, the God who has given you in my hand. Life came out of him. No longer was he afraid. He faced the giant because he knew who his God was. Are you all with me this morning? Your words have life or death. Not only do they bring life and death, but just think about it for a moment in your own family. What are the words that you speak to your spouse? What are the words that you speak to your children? What are the words that you speak to your co-workers? What are the words that you speak to your neighbors? I want you to understand the importance of this this morning. How you speak will either bring life or it will be, bring death to those that you communicate with. Not only the people around you, but what do you say to yourself? What are the words that you say to yourself? And that's why it's important that we are a church that knows God's word. That's why it's important that we spend time with God. That's why it's important that we pray. That's why it's important that we know what God's word says to us because God's words are life. Too many of us are too worried about what Fox News or CNN News says. I am so sick and tired of these political commercials, everybody. I'm ready for it to be over. But the death that has been speaking, that's spoken from one, one group to the other group, the death that comes in, no wonder we see America in the situation that it is in. But it's time, not the elephants or the donkeys, it's time for the lambs to rise up. The children of God, and make our voice known and let the world know that there is a God who can still save. There is a God that can still put broken pieces back together. So the first thing I want you to get this morning, your words are either life or they're death. The second thing that I want you to get this morning is this. Our words reveals our heart. Did you know the only thing that will ever give you away is your words? We can hide it with our bodies. We can hide it with our looks. We can make everyone in this room think that nothing is wrong with us. But as soon as we open our mouth... We can pinpoint the situation because your words will always reveal what's going on in you. It's quiet in here. It's quiet in here, isn't it? The words that you speak reveal the heart that's in you. We go back to our story, and what do we see about David? David's like, I'm not worried about this guy. I know who my God is. You see what's coming out of him. That's why out there in the middle of nowhere, taking care of sheep, he's, making, he's writing songs to the Lord. He's writing, he's praising God. He knows who his God is. The children of Israel, the armies of Israel are encamped around. Who knows? They might have not done their Bible studies. Maybe they missed small groups. Maybe they haven't been going to church. Who knows what's going on? But somewhere they lost what was going on in their heart, and they got fearful, and they stopped. But David comes in, and he says, let me tell you something. I know who my God is, and today, you giant, you're going to be mine, all mine. 
for today, God's going to give me victory. So the question I have for you today is, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? We see Goliath, he speaks. He speaks with pride, don't he? Who are you? Who do you think you are to come out here with a toothpick in your hands? Who are you to come out here and face me, the mighty Goliath? Who do you think you are? Do you see the words, King Saul, don't be ridiculous. You can't fight this guy. There was no faith in him. How many of you know when you get around a bunch of Christians, how many know you start hearing things out of their hearts? I remember back in the days, listen, we have some friends here too, but my dad's a pastor, right? I'll never forget. We always have that time of service where he says, does anyone in the room have a song? And all of a sudden, the lady that always has the song comes to the front. She comes up and she always, she always look at the piano player in the key of G. That's, the, that's God's holy chord, all right, everybody, the key of G. But every time she would start to speak, she would start with this. Well, Satan's been on me all day. I don't know if I can sing this song tonight. All right, I'll give it a try. Wait a second. That is how a lot of Christians talk today. We need to understand that we live in victory. We need to understand if we're going to represent Christ, we don't get around people with negative things in our head because that shows us what's in our heart, everybody. We need to start believing in what we believe in. That's why I told you the best, the people in the world, they're looking for Christians to be Christians. Not just say it on Sunday, they want to see it lived out in your life. I've also read a study where they were talking about why kids leave the church. And it's because... They're not shown the example at home. They hear the talk, you should be doing this, but mom and dad is not living it. I'm just as guilty, everybody. I am just as guilty. Here's the point, everybody. What's in our heart comes out of our mouth. And the question that you need to ask this morning, is it life or is it death? What are you speaking, not only to the people around you, but what are you speaking to yourself? But we see here David, he says, listen, I have fought a bear, I have fought a, I've fought a lion, and this Philistine is nothing before my God. Let me give you a couple verses. In Matthew 12, 34 and 35, the Bible says this, and here's Jesus speaking, you brought of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what? Good things, for out of the abundance of the heart... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Always love it. Pastor, so-and-so did this to me, but I have forgiven them. But let me tell you what I want to do to them now. Are you setting a prayer circle? And they keep bringing up the same person over and over and over again. I'm just going to get to the place now where I'm going to say, are you free? Have you been free? If you have really forgiven that person, let them go. <laughs> Stop talking about it. Because every time you speak it, it comes up again. And it causes those wounds to be fresh all over again. Are, am I in the right church this morning? My point this morning, if you are free and you have forgiven that person, let it go. Stop talking about it. Stop worrying about it. Give it to God and move forward. Amen, everybody. It's so amazing. You get around people. And you hear what's in their heart. Pastor, this bill came in. 
I'm really trusting God, but. Or, Pastor, I've, I received this, 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 this thing from the doctor, and he says I have this, and I'm believing God for a healing, but. Everybody listen to me this morning. We need to fill our hearts with the word of God. Because by his stripes, we are healed. Not only that, the word of God says that he will take care of every one of our needs as long as we stay close to him, everybody. He says, consider the, the lilies of the field. Consider the sparrows. How much more important are you to me? But God is saying, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's quiet in here. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a what? A good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. So I want everyone in this room to know this morning that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the words that come out are either life or they're death. And I want you to understand this morning, we have to defeat the spiritual giant called words. Because did you know that our words can cause the destiny of others to stumble if we're not careful? The third point that I want to bring you. So, if our words come out of our hearts and our, our words are life or death, then we need to learn to do something. So let me give you some practical things today. The third thing is this, our words must be tamed, right? And for you from our small group, you know that this is part of our small group material. So I want to give credit where credit's due, but it was so good, I have to give it to the whole church. Because this is a problem that I see in the church. We want to live one way, but our words speak differently, our actions speak differently. David says, reply to this Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord. So there's three things that I want to give you here real quick as we go in closing. How do we tame this thing called the tongue? I was thinking about calling this, this sermon the little devil behind the pearly gates. Teeth, per oh, come on. That little, okay. Isn't it amazing this little thing in our mouth has so much power in our lives? Isn't it amazing of all the things that we can control, this little thing inside our mouth are the thing we have the most difficult with? I mean, the Bible gives us examples. A bit in a horse's mouth is our mouth, our tongues. It's like it controls a horse or a rudder on the back of a boat, right? Those kind of things. Those little things control these big vessels, right? Well, this little tongue in your mouth, you have got to get control over it. So the first thing I want you to understand, the first thing that we have to do when it comes to taming this little tongue is, number one, we have to learn to guard our hearts. Guard our hearts. That means we're careful what we allow to go in these ears. We're careful what we allow to go into these minds. We guard our hearts. Because the Bible says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Guard your hearts. Because guess what, everybody? Can I give you some good news? As soon as you leave church today, something is going to happen where you're going to have to make a decision, what am I going to say? You receive that little text that says, your road is closed. You have to go another direction. 
Or you get to your restaurant for lunch today, and they say, I'm sorry, but we don't have that food here today because the delivery truck could not get to your road. That's a joke. Okay, anyway. You're going to get into your car, and guess what? The husband, the wife is going to have a disagreement with each other of where we're going for lunch. Don't you hate that? Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? No, where do you want to go? I'm going to tell you all something. Did you know they have an app for that? You put all your restaurants in there, and you shake your phone, and then it spins, and it tells you where to go. How about that? I just, I just saved many marriages today. Praise God. <laughs> you're going to get to your restaurant, and you're going to get the bad waiter or waitress. Uh, ma'am, I said sweet tea, not regular tea. Uh, ma'am, when's my food coming? Come on, everybody, right? Something is going to happen. Tomorrow morning when you get up and go to your job, something is going to happen where you're going to have to say, am I going to speak life or am I going to speak death? You have to guard your heart. And the more you know of God's word, we call that in the Christian world the measure of faith, the greater your faith becomes, the greater measure that you have. And the more you know of God, the greater it will be to control the little devil behind your pearly gates. Amen, everybody. We have to ask the Lord to create in me a clean heart. The second thing is this. So if I have to guard my heart because I know things are going to happen, then I have to learn to gauge your tongue. Gauge your tongue. That means take control of what I say, O Lord. Guard my lips. Psalms 141, verse 3. We have gauges that tell us how much air to put into a tire. We have lots of gauges for lots of things. But here's the thing we all need in the spiritual world. We need a gauge that we put over our mouth that before I speak it, I think about what I say first. So guess what, everybody? I have a new tool that helps us. This is called the ref man. So instead of speaking now, and I get upset, <laughs> I tell you what, it will save you a lot from speaking the wrong thing. Look at this guy. He's hurt. <laughs> do you realize in real life, that's what we do to people? What just happened to me? I don't know, but my head's gone. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't make my favorite dish, sweetheart? How many know if we can learn to gauge our tongue? I know this was silly. But some of you need something like this. Get rid of that too. Because it's better to take something like this and beat it up than to use our words to bring death on someone else. Amen, everybody. We gauge our tongues. So we ask the Lord, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. The third thing that I want to say to you, we guard our hearts, we gauge our tongue, and then the third thing that I want to give you is this, we garnish our speech. Garnish your speech. What does this mean? How many of you know you take food and you put salt and pepper and you put, how many puts gravy on your mashed potatoes? You garnish it, right? You make it taste better. Some of you have some, some ingredients that you love and you garnish your food with it. It makes it taste better. Maybe next time when something happens to you, we begin to guard our thoughts. Okay, how am I going to respond to this? Now let's gauge it. What does God say about what, if I'm going to say this, how am I going to say this? Let's gauge it. And then I garnish it. Did you know that you can have a disagreement and say the right things? 
Did you know that there's times in life that we have to finally get to those places that we learn to just disagree with each other, but we still love each other? Did you know we can say those things right? The Bible says in Ephesians 4.29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and, say it out loud, everybody, helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You see, if we're going to face fear, if we're going to face rejection, if we're going to face complacency, it all starts with the words that we use, don't it? And your words will bring life or they will bring death. Not only to those around you, but to yourself, the way you speak to yourself. I'm going to ask everyone to stand in this room. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to begin just to pray. And I want you to just begin to talk to the Lord. Perhaps you're standing here this morning and maybe you have spoken death over a spouse. Maybe you have spoken death over a child. Or, or maybe you've spoken death over a situation in your life. Just begin to right now to ask God to forgive you. Come on, everybody. This begin the, we've all said things we shouldn't say. So, Lord, we're asking you to search our hearts. We're asking you, Lord, to forgive us of the words that we have spoken over others, words that have been hurtful, words that have brought death, words that have hurt destinies, words that have broken people's hearts. We ask you to forgive us. We're asking you, God, to create a clean heart inside of us right now. We're asking you, Lord, to help us to understand the power of our words. Lord, the Bible says that you spoke the word, the world in words, your words. You said, let there be light. There was light. Let there be grass. There was light. And Lord, the same power is what we have as we speak with our mouths. So God, I pray that you would help us learn to guard our hearts. Lord, not only should we guard our hearts, but God, teach us how to gauge our tongue so that we're careful of the words that we say. And Lord Jesus, as we begin to speak to people, as we begin to get in situations where there's debate, help us to garnish our speech, Lord, to say the right things that will be helpful and encouraging. And Lord, sometimes it's just as easy to say, I disagree, and that's it. But God, I just ask you to search our hearts. Lord, the, ask, the last thing, the last thing, Lord, that I ask for this church, God, is that you would give this, heart, this church a heart for your word that this church would get up every morning to take time, to spend time with you so that the word of God can be birthed inside them. For Lord, the only way to tame this tongue is to know you, is to know your word so that your words becomes our word. Lord Jesus, I pray for everyone in this room who, who is still facing rejection. I pray, God, that you would help them to stand up and say enough is enough. I am a son and daughter of Christ. I pray for that one in this room that still lives in fear. We rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus because the cross, the grave, the third day, it has defeated all the enemies. Lord Jesus, I pray against complacency. Help us, Lord, to not become complacent. And Lord Jesus, I pray that our words would bring life to those around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody stand.